Today's guest on episode 14 of Keeping It A Hundo is our biggest guest we've ever had, figuratively and literally. He's 6'5", 300 pounds, allegedly. He's the two-time heavyweight champ of the world, Riddick Big Daddy Bo. Boxing, especially in the heavyweight division, has kind of declined since the 90s. In my opinion, the last great heavyweights were those guys. Uh, you got Bo, you got Holyfield, Lennox Lewis. Keep in mind, Bo took out Holyfield two times. His only loss came to Holyfield. He's lost one time. He's the first guy to ever knock Holyfield out. He's been involved in so many memorable fights, like the time Fan Man crashed into the ring and the parachute. There's the fight against Andrew Galata, where Galata was attacking his family jewels. I feel like he was truly underrated, one of the all-time greats. He was also a big humanitarian. He took a trip over to Somalia in a private jet with 30 people and donated about $2 million of his own money for uh, medical supplies and food. I mean, the guy idolized Muhammad Ali. He tried to emulate him. He even briefly joined the Marine Corps after retiring at age 28. He's also had some legal issues since retiring, including an 18-month stay at a federal prison for kidnapping his wife and kids. He did some kickboxing in Thailand. This guy's come a long way since his tough upbringing in East New York and Brooklyn. When he was a teenager, his sister was mugged and murdered for her welfare check. That is like the epitome of a hood crime. And his brother contracted AIDS from hustling in the streets and eventually died. Considering where he came from, Riddick Bo made quite a life for himself. My boy Xavier Powell works out at the gym Bo works at. X is friends with all those guys over there. You ask where did the great heavyweights go? That's where they are. They're hanging out at this gym near the Seminole High Rock. Riddick Bo, Lennox Lewis... Holyfield, Shannon Briggs. Anyway, uh, X linked me up with the champ, and I spent the whole day with him. Just me and Big Daddy Bo. We did the pod. We ate lobsters. I even motivated him to work out a little bit, something he definitely doesn't like to do. So without further ado, I'd like you to meet my new friend, the two-time heavyweight champ of the world, Riddick Big Daddy Bo. To all the ladies in the place with style and grace, allow me to lace these lyrical dishes in your bushes. Uh. Who rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies? The, the back, back of the club, sipping my way is where you find me. What's that? A, um, like a like a halfway house next door? I seen a bunch of people out there. It looks yeah, like they, that type of place. You know, yeah, it could be halfway because I know every time I go past, you know, somebody's coming on, somebody's coming out. I think it's uh, what they call it. Recovery, uh, recovery, sober house right. or something. That's, that's, what, it that's is. what it seems like. So where are you from? Where you think I'm from? Sorry, you from New York. Boston. You from Boston? Yeah. Oh, that's close Everybody, enough. you know, they the accent. Yeah. Yeah, Boston, man. But you don't have much of an accent than me. Not that strong. Yeah. I've been in Miami for 20 years. Oh, that's I live right. in Miami. I go between Miami and Chicago now because my girl lives in Chicago. Shot down. Yeah, man. My love Chicago. If I think, if I would move Memorial to Chicago. You like Chicago like that? I love Chicago. Yeah, it's a cool city, man. I, to me, it's like New York, but cleaner. Yeah, really. Let me find out. I never yeah. heard anybody put it, put it like that. Yeah. Shot. So you still got the chicken joint in Harlem? 
No. Nah. Me and the guy who we, we were doing together, we fell out. I haven't actually, I think he texted me on Facebook this morning. So I haven't, I guess it's been three years since I spoke to him. You be, you be getting um, chicks sliding in your DMs on Instagram? They be trying to. I be trying to stop them. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to stay out of trouble? Hey, man. My wife, she go crazy sometimes. Today's guest is the champ, Riddick Big Daddy Bo. Two-time. Two-time heavyweight world champ. This is Keeping It a Hundo. We're here at the... Uh, heavyweight factory. What's that? The heavyweight factory. The heavyweight factory in... Uh, we in Davie? Hollywood or somewhere. We're in South Florida somewhere. I've always wanted to call someone the champ. You, you, you kicked him with the champ. Never, never kicked it with a champ before. So I'm glad I'm the first. One. It's an honor. Likewise. So you grew up in Brownsville? No, actually I grew up in East New York. I moved to Brownsville maybe two years before I started getting recognition. Just as bad. So I'm not I'm not really from Brownsville. I'm, okay. But I'm, I'm from East New York, but you want to say Brownsville? That's what it is. I saw a documentary about how bad the the cops were in East New York, like real crooked ass cops. Well. See, I, I wouldn't, I'm not familiar with that because I wasn't the type of kid to be in trouble and things like that, so I'm really not familiar with it. That's good. Yeah. So how do you how do you avoid the streets? I mean, I know boxing kept you out of trouble, but, like, there's a lot of time in a day other than the days that you're boxing. This you know what I mean? True. Like the. But I guess for me, at the age of 13, my brothers were in and out of jail, and I seen my mama cry, and I... People don't know this, but I think because of my mama, I was so determined to make it out of the ghetto. I didn't want to see her cry. I just wanted to make her happy. Make so, her proud. Right. So I finished high school. She came to my graduation. One of your only family members to finish high school, right? Second. Second one. Me and my brother. Um, but he's 11 years my senior. So um, I just wanted to make my mother happy. So uh, I finished high school, and I became the heavyweight champion of the world. I think my work ethic was because of her. I seen her get up every night going to work. She Plastic was, factory. Yes, sir. Yeah. So without, I didn't see all the things I, I saw. I don't think people would know me today. So you went to the same middle school or junior high as Mike Tyson? We went to the, we, I was in the, uh, the third grade public school. And he was, what, a year or two ahead of you? Uh, I'm really not sure. I think we were on the same level. Okay. Oh, maybe he was, because he's older. He's older than me. Yeah, I thought he was older yeah, than me. He might two years my senior. Um, yeah, <clears throat> let me tell you, give me a little story about Mike. He and I, we never had no no beef or nothing like that. But as a kid, he, he let me know. He respected me. Because he was behind me, but he would be one of the guys that was in front of me. So he got out of line and went around me to get to who he wanted to fight. So even as kids, he let me know he respected me. Yeah, yeah. And prior to that, I never really paid him any attention or anything like that. But after that, I was, you know, we saw, yeah, hey, man, what's up? Boys had a lot of respect for each other. And then one day, he seen him, I was like, wow, he's doing the same thing I'm doing. I was surprised they were boxing. And from then to now, we've always been kind of cool. But I noticed. I want to go to a location. I say, he's there. He don't. He don't even speak to me. Really? No. You think it has something to do with 
I, I heard him saying how he didn't want to fight you when he got out of prison because he said, I respect him too much. He's my friend. I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hurt my friend. And then I heard you say that you said, I think he's full of shit. I think he just don't want to fight me because he knows I'm going to put my foot in his ass. Well, that that plays a part. You look at look at Mike Tyson. He's what five eleven. I'm six five. And my jab. He's gonna have you know, a problem. My jab is impeccable. <laughs> How you gonna hit me? I can't reach you. I whooped Holyfield twice. The Holyfield whooped him twice. So do the math. I mean, you know. You're not a mathematician, but you can figure it out. Absolutely. <laughs> but you know, other than that, I, was, I don't really have a beef with him. Other than that, you know, we want to get in the ring. We we were fighting, just like with Holyfield, we'd be cool afterwards. No, I would, that, that would, but um, I don't know. I guess he took something personal, and when I see him, he don't speak. When's to the me. last time you seen him? About six months ago. And he don't even say hello. I walked up to him and was like, and he had his back to me. He turned, and gave me a look. Oh, that let me know he want to be bothered. So Damn. I ain't mad So, one of the things I've noticed about him. But this ain't about him. I want to talk about you. Mm-hmm. Um, he dealt with a lot of trauma growing up. Right. He did. And you did as well. Right. And I did too. So I went through some therapy and things like that. And I learned a lot about what made me as the stuff that I went through as a kid. Mm-hmm. It made me who I am today. Right. Now, I don't know. Have you ever been to any type of therapy or anything like that? I just roll with the punches, baby. You know, I guess my mama told me if something happened, you're going to deal with it this way or whatever. But so, I mean, if something happens, I got to deal with it like I have. I, I deal with it, but now after a while, I set it down and it's over. What are you going to do? I just remember um, Eddie Futch saying when he started training you that you were possibly the best fighter he's ever trained. And he's trained 20-something Heavyweight, uh, 20 right. champs. A lot of them. Joe Frazier, Ken Norton. That, that's just he, the he, helped, he helped Frazier beat Ali. Right. I mean, say no more. Uh, but he also said you might have been too immature at the time to handle what you were, the, the fame and the everything you got. And to me, let me, let me tell you what I think. Mm-hmm. To me, your upbringing had a lot to do with it because emotionally – you weren't prepared to handle that type of thing. Because I was emotionally messed up, and what I learned in therapy is when you deal with trauma, mm-hmm. it kind of stunts your growth. Like right. physically, you, you're a big, strong man, you're 25, 30 years old, and you're the baddest motherfucker on the planet. But emotionally, you're still a kid. And that's how I was. At 25? At 25, you're still, because your growth stops. Well, my thing is, I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think it was... The logistics of boxing. For example, listen, I I didn't go up negotiating, so I didn't negotiate a lot of my career. So I think because I wasn't able to negotiate, I was frustrated. But not frustrated with with with, with, with people, pretty much myself. I give an example. Rock Newman told me one day. Try not to whack the table. It's okay, going to come sorry. up on the mic. No, it's he, cool. I Rock just don't want to miss what you're saying. Right. Rock Newman told me, I tell you, come on, man. Let's go do this meeting together. And he said, nah, both. You need to run. got to stay in shape. Look good for the public. 
and I took that. I said, okay. But here I am, 25 years later, and I realized because I didn't go to that meeting, like I said in my mind, I should. I don't know what took place. How do I know I got the right money because of the fire? Right. These things I didn't know. So I just went by what he told me. So as time went on, I guess I was I got frustrated and I took my anger out in different ways. That, that's what happened. So I can tell you most of the friends I've made as I've grown up, most of them didn't have a father around. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the main things I respect about my friends because I admire that. When you say father, what what is that? What 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 is father? But that's the thing, like I you, never had a father. Exactly. And and I admire that about you that you made it to where you did without a father. Like you didn't have a father figure really. Yeah, I had my big brothers, but they were doing their own stuff, mm-hmm. and, you know. I just I just I find that impressive because I I was messed up going through my issues growing up and I had a father. Mm-hmm. If my father wasn't there, I would have been all messed up. Yeah. I wouldn't have because first of all, he was a good example. Second of all, I knew I was going to get my ass beat if I stepped out of line. Mm-hmm. And you just didn't have that. And a lot of my, a lot of my friends didn't. Well, see, my mother played that part. Sure. And I think she did a good job, you know. Again, like I say, she's still alive. Yes, as a, she's 85. <clears throat> as a kid, I never got in any trouble. And really, as an adult, I really got in no trouble until I was, what, 31 years old. And that was a major situation. But other than that, I, I, don't, I don't go to jail. I never, you know. But the, the danger that you guys dealt with, I know you lost a sister yeah. to violence. Come out the house, you be looking around. She didn't mean anybody who's behind the garbage can over. That was a worry. Your sister got mugged and shot or or stabbed or? Well, let me see. I got a call one night, or we got a call one night, and the police were telling us that she had, I'm thinking, I haven't thought about it in a while. Um, Yeah, she was stabbed several times. For um, her welfare check. Right. That's a hood crime. took her to the hospital. And they didn't know if she was going to make it or not. And she didn't make it. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so growing up, I heard you were you were quite a stick man. A stick man. A coxman. Fucking with the, uh, the older women. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean. Some I, teachers. I mean, I just love them all, but <laughs> I had no shame in my game. How old were you when uh, when you first started? If I told you, you wouldn't believe it. I believe you. Five years old. With like a babysitter? Who like, a babysitter? Who are you fucking with at she, five years old? My sister, one of her friends came over to the house. My sister wasn't there. I said, I believe I was five or six years old. And, you know, she wanted she wanted to talk to one of my older sisters. And How old do you think she was? I guess she had to be. Fifteen? Something like 12, maybe 13. Between 13 and 15. She didn't really... I'm gonna teach you a little fresh ass something. And grandma hand took me in the room. She turned me out. I've been a pimp ever since. <laughs> <laughs> so how do how does how does the I heard stories about you and your teachers in like right. high school. Right. How'd that go down? Well, you know, when you're a popular person, I guess they may be a little older, but then 
they wonder. You know, I think it's even You're traveling idea. the world as a, right. as a teenager. Right, so I've been coming from Romania one day. I remember I went to Romania. <clears throat> TJ Riddick would keep talking to me, and then 10 minutes into the conversation, your voice changes. You know, she want to get a little closer to me. And, you know, one thing led to another. In the then, classroom? In the classroom. Like after school? And, right. No, then, one, then one day, a teacher told me, she looked with it, um, what time you get out? I got at two something. Mm-hmm. She was right there in front of the school with her car. We went to her house and, you know, thing, things happened. Man, it's funny. How you doing all that, man? Got to do a lot of research <laughs> in this job, you know? Man. I want to ask you the right questions. I don't want to just talk about uh, who you who you beat up. Everyone knows who you beat up. Right. It was a lot. But uh, as a kid, man, being a boxer and whatever the case may be, I truly believe that a person shouldn't have as much fun as I had, man. I had a ball growing up. I mean, going to school and meeting different people. I guess that's why I love everybody. Like, I noticed how you walking around. Oh, hey, man, what's you know, I just spoke to you. I just love people, man. And I'm gonna tell you something. I'm the type of guy to where I don't see color <clears throat> until you mention it. Now, if you call me a nigga or whatever, then I, I see you different. But I'm sure a lot, not that, a lot of people call you that word. Better not. <laughs> see you everywhere. Am I cool to park right in this parking lot right yes, now? Yes, yeah. Uh-huh. So other than that, man, I mean, I just love everybody. I mean, it's up to them to match that up. <clears throat> you know what I mean? What about what about women? You liked all, all shapes and sizes and colors and creeds? It don't make me no different. White, brown. I don't see colors. You got so no preference? Don't don't make me no different. So you had an uncle that was a fighter? Yes, my mother's brother. Did you have a, a, a close relationship Absolutely with him? Absolutely not. Okay. But so you were just aware that he was a fighter? Right. And I never seen him fight anything like that. I was saying, hey, champ. I What's respect him or whatever, but we've seen each other in passing. It wasn't, wasn't like we had a real, I guess because there was a big age difference, you know, 50 years between us, so. Yeah. So you had your first girlfriend, this girl Judy. You end up marrying her. Uh, Judy. The first real girlfriend I had, her name was Barbara. Okay, let me tell you what happened. So I'm dealing with Barbara. I met her in high school, and man, I was crazy about Barbara. And I, I think about it often. Um, the thing was, you know, you got Barbara, she was just packaging your shirt. Oh, man. So about somebody that was beautiful. Now, here you go. You get her. I run across Judy, who was light skinned. Totally the opposite. Yeah. One is dark skinned, one is light skinned. And so I was talking to Judy, and maybe two or three months went by. And then, you know, one day she parted by my house. Hmm. And I was just so bewildered because all this time she didn't pay me no attention. But she popped up and she parted by my house at 10.30. I want my mother to work. See, people don't know that. I want my mother to work every night at 10.30. She worked the graveyard shift. But she had to be at the factory at 11. Or 12 or something like that. And I would walk up. Well, this particular night, Judy walked with us. And we walked back to, after we walked my mother to, to the job, we walked back to to my apartment. Don't you live around the corner? Nah, I'm going to chill with you for a little while. Anyway, make a long story short, 
one thing led to another. And by 12 o'clock, 12.30, I was doing my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing my thing. So she gets up, washed up, and she leaves. And then the next day, we was repeat. But for a whole week, we did this. And then, she's pregnant. Okay, me, I never had to deal with that type of situation, so I don't know what, you know, what were you supposed to do? But to make a long story short, she has a baby in six months. How can you have a baby in six quick. months and the baby is not? I already know. I already know. It's not yours. Right. But me, I'm, I've been in Russia one week. I'm in Yugoslavia the next. And I'm in Colorado Springs. So what happened? I never put the time together. So I guess she was one of them stick jokers. And when Big Daddy's away, you carry on play. Exactly. But no, but she was pregnant before I touched her. Mm-hmm. So Riddick Bowe Jr. is not my biological kid. And you already you already figured that out, like uh, blood tests and everything. Oh, I have, took a blood blood test and wow. everything. That's crazy. But he, you know, you I have a relationship with him. Yeah, yeah. I. Now listen. It's so funny. Me and Judy have, what, four or five kids together. I mean, you marry her for how long? 15 years? Right. And he's the only kid that calls me now. My biological kid don't have nothing to do with me. Ain't that something? Why is that? I guess the mother, their mother told him something or whatever, but he is the only kid that calls me. Where's everybody live now? I think in North Carolina. What time is it? It's, uh... 11.25. 11.25. Food on the queue, man. You need water? You good? Hey, uh, Slick, can you pay me to show out the freezer? I'm going to leave it right there. Can you pay me to show out the freezer? Thanks a lot. Put on two pieces at 11 o'clock. No, no. Cold? Yeah, I guess. I guess. It'll work. That's the only one in there. That's two of them. It's unopened, though. No, I'm just two <laughs> Yeah. Man, you all right. Thanks so much. What else? Uh, so anyway, she went, I guess once she got pregnant, she stayed underneath. And you're the first person I'm telling the story to. She stayed with me. So how would I know this baby wasn't mine or whatever the case may be? Because remember, before I couldn't get her to come to my house or nothing. But once she... Gave me a little something, something. I couldn't get rid of her. And she stayed underneath me all day, every day. If I had to go someplace. So I heard that wasn't the only pregnancy you had to deal with at a young age. You had a lot of, lot of abortions, whatnot. Well, listen, I love kids. Now, the people who had the abortion, they had them because that's what they wanted. Right, I right, wanted right. them to keep the babies. But only, only one of them was smart, but just who's Judy, she, I wasn't, I'm not really biological father, but I'm his father. I'm only father, you know, here we are 30 years later, he calls me daddy and everything. He calls me and something bothers me, I look, man, this is what you gotta do, you know. He's like 30? 30, yeah, he's 30 years old now. I got, I found out I got an aunt, she's uh, my great aunt, she used to do illegal abortions right. before they were like legal in the is U.S. Right? In outside of Boston, Lynn, Massachusetts. Uh-huh. She used to like have people from the neighborhood come over and she would perform the abortion. She got thrown in jail for it. Poor thing. Yeah. But um, 
Like I said, only time I've been in trouble was dealing with Judy, my ex-wife, so I wanted to go get her and the kids. She, now, I'm going to explain to you. This is the first time the public is going to look. Her mother called me and said, Bo, go get your wife and kids. Think about it. Judy and the kids were, wherever they were, three or four months, I didn't go bother them. But her mother told me to go get my family. That's why I want to go get them. If I kidnap you, why would I allow you to get out of the car and go into a restaurant where you can be with people? Crazy, come on. Anyway, that wasn't the deal. That should show people. I just wanted my family back. I wanted everything to be okay. I didn't want to hurt nobody or anything. But anyway, you know, I did a year and a half in jail because of that. All Where, where'd you do your time? At a federal, uh, Cumberland, federal institution in Cumberland, mm, Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. But I'm, I'm an innocent man, and here we are, 20, 20 years later, I don't bother people. You a convicted felon? I guess so. Yeah. But I don't consider myself to be no felon. Nah. That's a whole, that's a You know you're a good lie. person. It's a lie, man. Please. Think about it. I'm the only man that ever went to jail for go go getting his kids. Think about it. I didn't, you know, it wasn't my intention to hurt nobody. But Kidnapping's a whole different but, thing than, than yeah, she said I kidnapped putting her. your family, yeah, you know, but in a car. But the thing is, she did me a favor. She just, all she really wanted was the money. I gave her 10 million, and I don't know. Hey, do your thing, baby. I'm sure people have been asking you for money your whole life. Yeah, now she don't have no money. And she's in North Carolina? Yeah. You talk to her anymore? Every now and then. Yeah. There's a, she married some dude. He got five million from her, but she ain't have him sign a prenup, and. He took your, basically your money. Yeah, well, yeah. She was, she God don't like ugly and care a little about beauty. So at the end of the day, what she did to me, he did to her. Everybody gets a turn. Yeah. Amen, but God bless them. So one more thing I want to touch on with your family is you had your, your older brother, Henry. Yeah. And he was he was in the streets. Hendo. Hendog? Hendo. My nickname's Hundo. I didn't he even tell that you. Right. Hey, champ. Mad brother, Charlie. Mink, yeah. Okay, so. Is that a Klitschko? Yeah, that's his name, Ditchko. <laughs> Ditchko. Eh? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Oh, your brother, yeah. So he was he was out in the streets pimping and whatnot, right? Well, I wouldn't say so much pimping, but you know, he was, he was a ladies' man. Okay. Mm. And I guess that's how he came down with HIV, and that's how he passed away. I guess so. I mean, I guess nobody would never know what really what the deal was. But it's funny, man, because things happen, and watching him go through that situation slowed me down. Yeah, because you start reevaluating what you're yeah, doing with your life. Unbelievable. Let's talk some boxing. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go down a few different fights or whatnot and just tell you some funny things or some interesting stories that stick out. But I wanna tell you something before I forget. Take Barbara, my first girlfriend. Man. I mean she she was just so perfect for me. Dark skin beauty. Judy, man, she 
Feel like you made a, a wrong decision or whatnot? Yeah, see, I guess see the thing was I would sit there and talk to Judy and tell her how I felt about if I had a father and how I would never leave my kids and things of that nature. And she realized I would be a good provider, so she locked me down. Boy, she messed up something that was that was real. You know what I mean? My first love, I guess she. Grand Barbara away. Tell you a funny story about my my first girl. Mm-hmm. So you talking about how you know you don't know much about this when when you got Judy pregnant fucking, or didn't get her pregnant well, and the abortions and right. whatnot. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing either. Neither did my girl. Stroke. Yeah. <laughs> so so one night we go home. We go back to her dad's place, uh-huh. and uh, nobody's home. So I'm like, okay, yeah, at that age, like you just try to find a place Dad where you can get it in. Is right. So I'm like, good, it's going down. And she said, you got a condom? And I was like, nah, we were drunk. We had been in like a dance or something. Uh-huh. Nah, no condom. And she's like, well, we can't do it then. We had already done it a few times, but we used a condom every time. Right. You need you need a condom. So I'm like, damn. So I convince her. That if I put band-aids across the top of my dick, <laughs> two band-aids, and I just went to work. The next morning we woke up, she was swollen. I had cuts on my dick. Uh-huh. It was a mess. That means fine. But ain't gotta make a baby though. <laughs> nah, nah. Band-aids work. <laughs> nah. Uh, all you had to do was you know, you know when you come exactly. you get both of that thing. Exactly. That's how I used to do it. But I was like, you know, 16 or something. I didn't, uh, didn't know what so I was. How old are you now, man? 40. Get out of here. Yeah, man. turned 40 this year. I got you about 10 years. I was born in 67, you was born in 77. 78. 78. Yeah, yeah. My birthday was a couple months ago. Uh, man, you're doing, you're doing pretty good for yourself. Not bad. I wish I could show you my barber. She alive? You know what she, you don't know nothing. I haven't seen Barbara since 1981. Damn. Since 1986. Oh man, you got a sister, man. You're doing pretty good for yourself. Yes, sir. Oh man. She plays football too. You ever heard of that lingerie football league? No, not yet. Girls running around and uh, they play in like little boy shorts and mm-hmm. little top no, football heard pads on. Yeah, she's a football player. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful. Man, you got it going on. I wish I had your hand. I cut mine off. <laughs> Her last name's Galladay. That's like she had a name like your last Nah, name. we're not married. No, 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 but I'm saying this is close, isn't it? Baricelli. See, Baricelli Galladay. Well, Galladay is like Irish. I thought it was like your name. Nah, you got to end in a vowel. Me, yeah. yeah. Okay. Baricelli. All right, let's get back to some boxing. Okay. You, went, you had a lot of fights where you had like very little time in between. They don't do that anymore. There's laws against that, right? I think so because I was with one of these guys just recently, and I fight three, seven, three, man, I think three times a month. Yeah, I heard you had four days in between the fight in the amateur days. Oh, the amateur four days. Twice in one week. Every day as amateur. There were tournaments I fought, like say. I'm on, I fought in a tournament called the Man's Cup in Washington, D.C. 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. These are like three rounds, five rounds? One. Now, of course, I had four knockouts. I probably skipped Friday and fought that Saturday, but I mean, as an amateur, you fought whatever they told you. That's crazy. You get no days off. Shit, you fought in a tournament. Like, I don't remember I fought in a national golden club. I fought every day except Sunday. That's six times a week. What are you talking about? Then six weeks. No, six days. But then when you became a pro, there was six weeks. There was a six-week period where you fought. You went eight rounds with Terrell Biggs. Okay. And then ten rounds with Tony Tubbs. Okay. Both in a six-week period. Nobody fights like that anymore. But then there were times when I fought a week apart as a professional. No, they don't do it like that. Nah. Nobody has records like that now where they fought, you know, 100 times and stuff. I had a 204 and 7 record as an amateur. 204 and 7? With 156 knockouts. <laughs> I would go do tournaments, man. This is all I would do, look. Nick. Go to sleep. Because <laughs> I, I would go in there and I would say, man, I'm going to look at the chart. Wow. Robert Brown. I wonder who the hell is Robert. And I was going, what's your name? What's your name? Name Robert? Robert. You're up next. You're up next. Mr. Little North. Say, Robert, pack your shit tonight. You go home in the morning. Why am I going home? Knocking your ass out tonight. So you you always had that gift of gab. You were always a talker. Yeah, I, but I, I thought I was having fun, man. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Going there, but what I didn't realize is that I was really psyching these guys out because all of them had more experience than me, and I want I want to beat them. Tell me about the time you were at a tournament. I think you were about seventeen, and mm-hmm. you heard a guy behind you talking shit. You turn around, and it's Ali. No, he wasn't talking shit. He he was saying like. Uh, he kept saying, Come on, sucker. Come on, sucker. Now, I'm in New York City going to go. I'm in the final. This is the night we playing for the championship. And I'm finding this guy. He looks like he's a weight, weightlifter. I mean, he got four knockouts. I got four knockouts. So I'm really thinking about this guy. So I'm trying to concentrate. And Ali comes, and he says to me, come on, sucker. Come on, sucker. That man gave me, gave me. I'm don't concentrating on the fight. But he wanted to get me to turn around. So he chilled up about five minutes. I'm still thinking about so and so. And then five minutes later, I had the same boy. Come on, sucker. Come on, son. I think I can take you. But now I'm angry. I'm psyching myself out. And I'm, I want to be mad for the fight. I turned his mother. And it's Ali, man. Man, he gave me this big old <laughs> hug, man. And I don't know what I was so nervous about, but he gave me this hug. Everything dissipated. I don't know if they're not the guy on 24 seconds. Ain't that something? Inspired I, you. Yeah. Well, well, see, I never told you the story about Ali. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be who I am today. A teacher bought a tape in my Muhammad Ali. If I would have missed school that day, I wouldn't be able, we would not be having this conversation. Anyway, um, so she um, brings this uh, tape in, and we had to write an essay about it. 
So she let us watch the tape of Ali, all the stuff he went through, and things of that nature. But at the end of the tape, there's a guy in class, he's a bully, his name is Darrell Lane. He says, blatantly, I don't like Ali, I can do with a faggot. I was someone intimidated by him. But I fell in love with Ali so quick, I said, man, you got to be crazy. Your mama is a faggot or whatever. And man, we started rah, started rubbing, man. And I just started doing the thing, I saw Ali, and the teacher ran out to get, to get some help, I guess. And when she came back, I got my first knockout. <laughs> you took out the bully. Oh, I took him out. And so, as luck would have it, I never seen him no more after that. But one day, I'm standing on the corner. No, I'm standing in front of my building, and I'm about to go someplace. He walks up to me. He just say, man, you owe me some money. I don't recognize him because it's been so many years since I was I take my call on him. I'm about to, I'm how many years later is this? I get, I'm filmed, I got a thing. Okay. You're the champ at this point? About to become the champ. All right. Okay, me and my boys, while we living, we moved to Newport Avenue. I, my mother lives around the corner. We just moved my mother out to our, our apartment. So I'm thinking it had to be maybe nine, ten years later. Last time I seen him, we were 13, 14 years old. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Brooklyn. Oh, I just started taking my coat off. He nah, nah, man, I'm just joking with you. I say that because I'm the guy that helped you start boxing. What do you mean you helped me start boxing? Remember you had a fight with a guy in the classroom and his name was John Lane? I'm that guy. Oh, okay. And then I started boxing right after that. He about to get another ass bumping, yeah. yeah, okay. So what was your relationship like with Ali? You got to know him over the years. Well, I've seen Ali personally two times in my life. Okay. He's my idol. I guess he's the father I never had. Yeah. Because he didn't get in any trouble, so I, I never wanted to get in no trouble. But to make a long story short, what happened was, what Ali, what happened? Okay. He was your role model. He was my role model. I tried to have a drug with him. But every time I seen him, he was always playful with me. Had the same type of personality. Now, the second time I saw him was at the White House. It was called the Diamond Hunter Star, no forget it. Myself, Lennox Stores, Holyfield. I'm trying to think. I think was it was, people from all over oh man, sports, I mean, not just people boxing? People that I hadn't seen since I fought in the Olympics. It was a lot of people. Um, one ruled or everybody was there. Who was the Who was the president at the time? Who was the Bill Clinton? Okay. He got mad with me. What did he say? Cause I said, Mr. President, you know what? You and I got something in common. And you both like was, cigars? No. <laughs> I said, Well, you're the president, and I'm a heavyweight champion of the world. He, he, and for whatever reason, he didn't, he didn't like that. He didn't like me. Comparing. Him. He didn't like the comparison. But if you think about it, who do you think is more famous, the president or the heavyweight champion of the world? It's close. Pretty damn close. He didn't like that shit. I'll tell you what, he wasn't on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know about <laughs> that. Um, so what else? So I, I had a, I, man, being in the public, I'm an idol boy. Let's talk about the first 
Elijah Tillery fight? Elijah Tillery fight. Well, the first fight, I thought I looked at Elijah just like another opponent. I mean, I had no beef with him or anything like that. But once you kicked me in the ass, all that changed. You know. He started. He started fighting dirty. What? And, no, he came at you uh, in between rounds. No. What happened was people don't people don't people didn't see this, so they don't understand what happened. The bell rings. Just like you're looking at me, he's looking at me. He does this to me. And he blows then, you a kiss. Right. I saw a backhand him. Fire. That's what happened. He kissed at me. Now backhand. And I that's guess, what started the brawl. That's what started the fight. Well, this is, I'm a man. What the fuck you doing kissing at me for? You know. You know? So in my backhand, I tried to knock his teeth out of my mouth. Cause I, I mean, I tried him as hard as I could. And I guess after, and if you watch the tape, you see he had that backhand. I'm thinking he'll go to his corner, and I'm going to go to my corner. And he kicked me in the ass. And because when I was little, my brother and sister kicked me in the ass, it brought back too many bad memories. So the fight was on. And that's, that's what happened. There were shootings outside. I mean, that was crazy. Everything, man. Elijah Tillery. So let's talk about. Your real, real, real good fights. Great fights. Okay. Three of them with Holyfield. Real deal. Now, a lot of people don't remember. You're the only person to ever knock Holyfield out. The first ever knock him out. First? I'm the first. Somebody did after you? Oh, yeah. See, I got the I made him soft. Okay. I, I knocked his ass out. Yeah. Um, he advantage, I think, without any advantage, I don't think people recognize me as being a champion. So I think he, he helped me a great deal to get to that point. Fighting a big name like that. Yes. And he put up a great fight. But what people don't realize is that I was Evander's sparring partner before we fought. I and did hear that. And so because I remember a lot of things he would do, but I was a young kid, 18, 19. And so I didn't think, he didn't realize that I had to stop down pat. Because I remember everything he would do, you know, and the fight turned out to be great. I think a lot of people don't also don't realize that your only loss, that fight, first of all, the fan man flew into the ring. The fight should have been counted. 30-minute delay. Or it should have been no fight. I mean, how you got to be, you're already anxious, ready to fight. You're, you're all yeah. fired up. You're ready to go. And this shit delays it for 30 minutes. And that particular night in Las Vegas, the temperature was cold. I didn't have a top on anything. But if you watch Evander, he has blankets. It was a setup, so. And, and, he, and then you got your wife sitting ringside, pregnant. pregnant. And she gets she faints and gets taken right. out on a stretcher. You know, and then you got to fight. Right. But um, Only loss of the big big daddy's career right there. Well, I think that fight, it's not, to me, it's not a loss. Cause I was um, distracted, bad man flowing. It's not a loss to me. Yeah, I mean, arguably, arguably undefeated. Mm -hmm. Crazy. And you, know, you think about it. At that time, Evander was behind on point. Yeah. So because, and I never really got warmed up again after that. So, and like you said. If I didn't win that fight, that fight should be a draw. It should be a no contest. I'm undefeated, baby. I'm just reschedule the fight. I'm the closest in the We did. Well, and then you dominated him the third time. No. 
Yeah. Right. Okay. No. Second no, fight no. was the one that they gave him. Right. And the um, third fight knocked him out. Yeah. So no. I remember reading when I was a kid. I used to at a at a certain point I didn't want to drink or do drugs. I was so focused on school and sports, and I wanted mm. to be a good kid. Right. Right. So I saw I found a couple athletes, yourself. And Dominique Wilkins. Remember Dominique? No, it was. So I, I read an article. He played basketball. Atlanta right. Hawks. Right. And I, the human highlight film. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read some articles where it said that you guys didn't drink alcohol, didn't do drugs, stuff like that. And that, that made me want to be like you guys. I remember reading this article. Mm-hmm. I want to know, was this article legit? It said, you're a one-woman man. You didn't drink. You didn't do drugs. I was just surprised because most heavyweight fighters there. Well, I didn't become a one-woman man until 20 years ago. Maybe 20, 20, 30 years ago. But as a teenager and a young, young man, I mean, I had a ball. Man. I was but you, were you were drinking? I mean, no. you didn't drink? You never got to a point where you were into drinking? Well, I'm going to tell you what, what I have done. Recently, I take a drink every now and then, but... But coming up, you never drank. That's that's interesting. Drink. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. What I did was stroke. <laughs> I feel you on that. Yeah. I that was your vice. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember uh, you tried Lennox Lewis. Pecan Tang. I call him Pecan Tang. <laughs> you 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 uh you inferred that he was gay. He is. He is. He don't want nobody to know. But yeah. He's gay. Yeah. Listen, I was in London, um, I was in London, and we went to this party. And just like you and I sitting here, I didn't notice it at first. My wife says, ain't that Lance Lewis over there? I said, well, I'll be there. He over there hugging and kissing these dudes. Come on, man. In they, London? They butt bobbing and man, if you could have saw what he was doing, He's a big dude. He's bigger than me. Taller than me. You know, if you if you if you the song, you'd have been so big. Wow, look at this big dude. I can't believe it. And because of his size, his size was really made us realize who he was. I just I thought that was a mental game you were playing with him. Just calling no, him soft. No. Oh, it was it was real. Right. And, and the thing about me, listen, I don't like to talk about people. I'm gonna tell you what. If I see it, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna speak on it. So that's what it is, man. You lived over in England for a little while. Absolutely didn't you? not. No. I'm an American. I thought born. you went over there for a little bit. I don't know why no. you think that, baby. Listen. What got you into the soccer then? I know you're a big soccer fan. I was someplace. And I, oh, I was in was it Canada? I think I was in Canada, and I was watching guys play uh, soccer on TV and things of that nature. And that's how I become familiar with soccer. Okay. I thought you spent some time over there. No, sir. Proud to be an American. Oh, you better ask him. So, yeah, so let's talk about that. Ooh, I Let's talk about that. You got uh-huh. Semperfy on your forearm. Yes, sir. You were in the Marine Corps. Yes, sir. I love the Marine Corps. So when you retired, you decided you wanted to, to be a Marine. No. Well, you... I, retired, I, I decided I want to be a Marine... Back in 1976, I remember just like it was yesterday. I was watching Shigwillian, and Shigwillian win the gold medal. After the gold medal, 
we went to a commercial, and the commercial was with John Wayne, and John Wayne was giving the troops commands to do certain things. And me as a kid, nine years old, I was like, wow, that's what I want to do. Now, here we go, five years later, I get into to boxing. I lean the boxing, cast all that out. But when I retired at 28, I said, well, maybe I can change the hands of time. Let me go to the Marine Corps. And so that's what happened. But me as a man, 28 years old, there was certain things I wasn't going to bow down to. Like with another man on my face all day telling me what to do, I didn't realize how hard that would be for me. So that's why I came home, because I didn't want to drop the drill instructor. <laughs> the guards are the truth, man. That's why I came came up out of there. I figured you watched. I, that was my my take on it. I figured you you saw some uh, some military movies and that kind of inspired yeah. you. Mm-hmm. It was a John Wayne movie. Yeah, I always wanted to be a Marine from nine till until I went in, but I didn't think it would be so hard because we get up and run every day and all that. Like I said, the hardest part for me was having a guy on my face when he was spitting on me sometimes. Man, you got the wrong. I had to tell him one day, I said, listen, sir, too close and you're spitting on me. Get out of my face. And I just knew that. I just, I thought I could, I could deal with it, but once you were there, it's just totally, totally different. And I'm 6'5", this guy, he, come on to my chin, and he's spitting. I can't look at him. I mean, I had no problem with it, but they don't want you to look at him. Because if you look at him, then they, you're entirely trying to intimidate him. I was, sir, spitting on me. If you don't want to be in a situation, it's best you back up on me, bro. <laughs> you were too close. Then he spit on Man, listen, I'm not 18. I ain't with this bullshit. <laughs> you better back up off me. Yeah, yeah. He backed up off me. And next thing I know, I was going home, man. Huh? I don't know what he wouldn't have said to the people. But he said, Bobby, see, look, man, this big dude, he, he ain't the one. We may get him up out of here. <laughs> I was so bewildered because there had been several guys in the, in the platoon where they sent to over here, over there, and you ain't see him no more. I went, oh, well, you seen him, but he's with another platoon. With me, gone. And so I ain't, they ain't give me any. I wonder why. If I was doing something wrong, why, did, why, did, why was I treated that matter? Next day, I was home. Like, I never left anything, man. I couldn't believe it. So I got to bring up somebody that I used to, I used to be friends with. Somebody mm-hmm. you know, Buster Mathis Jr. Well, like, you see Buster around? Yeah, I, I see. We he and I spoke on the phone not too long ago. I've always liked him. I think he's a nice guy. We fought. Yeah. Um, things happen. No contest, right? There was no contest, but he don't. I know who the better man was. That should be another knocking on my record, but. When I was in college, I used to, and right after college, I used to bartend down at Coconut Grove in Miami. Mm-hmm. And Buster used to live in the Grove, and he used to come in every night to the place I worked, the Italian yeah, restaurant. Right. And he used to hang out there every day with this girl. He's there every day. And so I used to just talk to him every day in there. 
And I'm gonna tell you something that you don't know. I have a, I went to college too, and I have a degree. Guess what I got my degree? School of Hard Knocks? University of Hard Knocks. University? Oh, you got your master's. Yeah, guess what I got my degree? Uh, Pimp and Ho degree? Eh, wrong answer. <laughs> Kick-assology. Kick-assology. I knew it was close. It was close. All right. Talk about the uh, Larry Donald press conference. Larry Donald. Well, you see the thing about Larry. Check it out on YouTube. He, he, you made you made his face look like a, it was like a ping pong match between your two fists. I, I, what people don't really realize is that I was really mad with Larry because he could do Ali better than me. Really? Hey, come on, sucker. Come on, sucker. And he was just running it down. Dressed to me. up all smooth in his suit yeah, and shit. Yeah, I didn't want to hear that that particular day. I'm trying to get ready for the, the fight, and he ran up at the mouth. Listen, man, lighten up, and he didn't take heed to what was taking place, so I had to pull the trigger, man. You gave his jaw a two-piece. <laughs> but I'm glad he fought the way he fought. I'm going to tell you why, because when he rolled, he rolled with the punches, I didn't knock his teeth out or anything like that. Yeah, so, and you um, still got to, they didn't reschedule the fight or nothing. Right, so I'm That's just glad he, you know, rolled with the shots. If he ain't roll with them, teeth would have been everywhere. So Galata went after your nuts over and over. Everyone knows that one. What a bad memory. So was he the dirtiest fighter you fought? No. No? But he's the only guy that blatantly hit me as he did. See, the thing is, you can talk about boxing, but you got to do boxing. See, the thing is, he couldn't handle the heat. Um, when he got in the ring, he didn't know what to do with me. So. Instead of letting me knock him out, he figured he hit me low and, and he was done. That's the quickest way he could get out of it is be disqualified. And that's what he did. Who's the dirtiest fighter you fought? If I told you, man, you're not going to believe it. He banned the whole thing. Yeah? Well, it was a head button and shit? A head button. He used elbows. He'll push, push you off to get a little space between them and come back with a shot. He's the dirty. What's your relationship like with him? Oh, we like brothers up in here. Yeah. But in all honesty, we fought each other. There was no love there. Yeah. But I'm going to keep it real with you 100%. He was the dirtiest. Like, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you one. See this right here? Yeah. That's a headbutt. Really? Yeah. Damn. He keeps telling you, yeah, he really balls so hard. I bust him over. No, your head busts me over. You see, if you see the the scar over Riddick's show, eye, right? I can show you the tape. You go back to him. He hit me with a headbutt and try to camouflage it with a, with a punch. So he think I'm a fighter. I can. I know the difference. No one has ever. Matter of fact, when you hit me, when you when you you're hitting me, I will get cut here, not here. So he did this with his head. So let's move on to the. Um we're gonna keep move on to the keeping it a hundo. What's Would you up? know they used to call me back in Brooklyn? I don't know. The BNK. The BNK. I'm not gonna say it because I think it might be a word I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> the big nigga killer. Let I knew it. it. I knew it. That's why I didn't say it. The BNK. <laughs> the BNK. We've uh, we now reached the keeping it a hundo segment of the show. I'm gonna ask you some some questions. The, the point of my show is to keep it 100. What was your favorite TV show growing up? Um, Batman. Batman and Robin. Batman? I, I mean, because that's the first show I can remember that I always wanted to watch. 
My mother said, if you be good, I'm gonna let you watch Batman and Robin. If you do this, you're not gonna watch it. So I'm, Batman and Robin was my thing. That's cool. Have you ever have you ever listened to a podcast? Have I ever listened to a what? Listen to a podcast. Like like what we're doing right now. This is a podcast. Have I ever listened to a You ever listen to one? Not to mine. Not, not I heard one about you. Really? There's a podcast about you on, uh, it's called Crime and Sports. Right. And it's about athletes that got in trouble with the law. Right. You never heard that? No. Okay. Find it interesting to, to find out what it's like to listen to something like that. So what it is is it's these two comedians. Right. And they sit around and make jokes and tell like your story. Oh, they got jokes. Oh okay. yeah, they got jokes. Um, they go from childhood. They talk about your past. They don't. They don't I joke about I your past. I didn't have a past. How can they talk about me? I didn't have a past at the time. <laughs> you know. And then they talk about your career. You know, it's not all bullshit. It's all. You know, it's 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 a little bit of truth, and then it's some jokes and bullshit. Uh, but they got jokes. Found it interesting. I, I want to know what it was like to sit and listen to somebody. You know, do that. So you you joined the Marine Corps at age 29. 28. 28. What was your favorite military movie? I forget the name of the movie, but I guess the public would know which, which one I'm talking about. John Wayne starred in the movie. Okay, so it's that one we talked right. about earlier. Absolutely. I don't know. I didn't know John Wayne like that. A little before my time. Uh, he you got giving, ten years on me. Yeah, he was giving the um, the the. the, the Troops are command. They were, sir, yes, sir. And everybody was turning. I'll ask my dad. My dad yeah. don't know. You did some kickboxing in Thailand. Right. Did you ever get tricked by a lady boy when you were over in Thailand? Absolutely not. I had my wife with me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I haven't been to Thailand, but I've been to some other parts of uh, Southeast Asia. And them lady boys, they'll get you. Get they didn't get me. No, they didn't get me. <laughs> I, I stayed away from the women over there because I, I didn't want to make a mistake. Right. Is I just, that right? I just ate the food and had some drinks and yeah, laid on the beach. Yeah, let me find out. Yeah, man. Baby boy. You got to be careful over there. David, David, see, um, it would be a situation. I yeah, I don't want to be in that situation. I would have another write-up. Where they both tax the lady boy. Right. I guess that we could tell where they did it. He got his teeth in his hand. Make, make, do, do that noise again with the punch. Okay, every time you hear that, that's Big Daddy laying the smack down, and uh, he's still got quick hands, and his, his hands look like two small refrigerators. Oh, that, that right. God, please, please. I asked X before we did the podcast. I said, is there anything I can't ask him about? Because I want to leave here with all my teeth. And he said, you're good. He said, he's a good dude. Keep it up. Alright, so do you hate anybody? No, I don't people made me I would hate my ex wife. I don't have I say God bless him. Keep it moving. Rock woman, God bless you, my brother. Cause I feel like, you know, he sold me out for HBO. I had a hundred million dollar contract with HBO. They gave him maybe ten million and he convinced me to retire before that. Okay, I'm not mad with him. When's uh, when's the last time you saw Rock Newman? Last time I saw Rock Newman had to be over 20 years ago. Okay. But he always said he loved me. I was his little brother. Before I got married to my second wife, how come I haven't seen you, Rock? I haven't seen you before nor since. So you tell me. What would you say if you saw him? Hey man, how you doing? Keep it moving. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna. 
crowd was filled with alcohol. Have animosity, cause I'm gonna tell you something. Baby. I'm a Christian, and I have to I have to forgive him or whoever. But God say I don't have to deal with you. So how you doing? God bless you. Keep it moving. How'd you know that was gonna be my next question? I was ask, I was gonna ask you how do you believe in God? Your relationship God. with God? Yes, sir. hundred yeah. percent. All day, every day. See, and I truly believe that's what that's what has saved me. <clears throat> oh, even even throughout the years. I be so mad sometimes, and someone stopped me. What stopped me? I think yeah, it, was, it was the Lord stopped me. Top five rappers of all time. You come from Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn and I. Home of rap. Let me see. Who would I, I never thought about that question. Who would be my top five? Curtis Blow, Run DMC, Biggie Smalls, um, maybe Jay-Z, and who else can I think of? Um, you probably, you probably. Yeah, uh, I thought I went to school number so many years, but I, we didn't go to the same school. Um, I'm thinking it was uh, Biggie Small. Um, it was big, but we didn't go to school because I thought we did. Um, yeah, he's probably a, a few years younger than you. Right, well, he would have been. I realized that, yeah. I, but I'm telling you, man, it was a guy in school. He looked like him. Oh man, what you talking about? Man, he looked like him. he was his twin. You ask me. You probably you probably know a bunch of these guys though. You met him back when you were the champ. Some of the rappers, right? Yeah, I, I, I met so many people. I met so many people I don't remember. I bet. Not because you know, there's so many people you can't listen. I know I'm, I met the Pope. I met I met Nelson Mandela, and the reason why I can remember these guys, I met the President President Clinton. The reason why I can remember them because there wasn't a lot of. Right. But if it's a, a lot of people, a lot of times, like, you know, you just can't remember everybody. Is that a Klitschko over there? That's, remember, I thought that's Ivan Dishko. Nobody came out of these. Yeah. Ivan Dishko. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you didn't, you didn't roll with, like, big celebrity crews? You didn't have, like, a bunch of friends who were all in the music business or yeah. Hollywood? Yeah, well, you know... Jay Z, I've been I've been in his studio in New York. You know, we were kind of cool, but I guess over time, it did fade out. You don't stay in contact with him. Who else kind of thing? Um, what's his name? Chris Brown. Chris Brown. There was a lot of guys, man, that you know I could have hung out with, but I guess I just chose not to. You know why that fly keep getting on you? You know why he why he stay around you? Why that? Fly like <laughs> shit. <laughs> Let me find I shower before I came. Uh, who's the craziest dude you ever met? Crazy dude, Mike Tyson. I can't argue with that. Who was who's the toughest guy you ever fought? Van the Holy Okay. So You know why I say Van the Holy Film? He like a tie man. He take a licking and keep on chipping. Right. I mean, that's why he, not many people knocked him down. Real deal. He knocked me down, I knocked him down, and I told him, I said, champ, if I go down, I'm getting up. If you go down, you're going to stay down. Well, in all honesty, he got up, but he went down again. If you could get in the ring with anybody, like, who do you wish you had fought? In my prime, who would I wish I would, who do I wish I would have fought? Yeah. Hmm. Well, see, it's funny. I kind of felt like 
everybody that was in my era, I feel like I fought them, but right. I was Lennox Lewis. I, Lennox Lewis would be the only person that I didn't fight. That makes sense. But I would have, I would have dusted his junk ass off. That's why he never signed the contract. And even here we are, what, 30 years later, I don't hate him, you know, God bless him, and you know, I have a policy. He got to keep my name out of his mouth. You know why? If he keeps my name out of his mouth, I'm gonna do him a big favor. And I'm gonna keep my foot out of his ass. <laughs> what about Tommy Morrison? He came up in the same era as you. I believe they spoiled me to see if he would have the upper hand in doing certain things. It didn't turn out that way, so they never asked Was, was he a boxer? He was a brawler. Well, he was both. It depends on and what, what he was doing at that particular time. You got the better hand, and they wouldn't ask you. So I believe when we sparred because I got the better hand, I would never ask to fight him. That's what, that's what that is. Because they knew. They already knew. He tried to hook on me and never hit me with the hook. I would always slip over a case the hook and count him. He's right in front of me, and so he never made the fight. When but they, uh, but when, if they thought he had the better chance, they would have wanted to make the fight. When they, when they came out and said he had HIV and people didn't want to fight him, would you have fought him when he had HIV? I don't, I, I mean, look, I'm scared of the dog. So <laughs> somebody got AIDS, no, I'm not, I don't think I would. No, I, yeah. I don't think I would. If you had a chance to sleep with any woman on the planet, who would it be? She had, whoever she is, she got to have a big bite. Um, let me see, who would it be? Wow, I've seen somebody on TV meeting with a nice booty, but I don't remember her name, man. Pretty face, because I don't live with any booger bad. If you look at Cuba movie, you know, she a professional fighter. I think I look bad enough, so if you ain't pretty to me, you have to keep You me. never had a celebrity crush? Somebody that you would like? You I know liked what? a lot of them. I like, my, my, my first was Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson? I loved her. Yeah, but, um, she had a booty like Yana. She got a booty like Yana. She can get it. Exactly. Absolutely. I don't know why I got such a big butt fetish, but <laughs> but, I, but I don't eat it. I don't eat it though. You gotta understand. Oh no 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 no. You don't you don't eat the butt either? Nah nah nah. nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> but a lot of guys tell me I gotta know how to taste that. Mm. <laughs> you know Trick Daddy, Trick Daddy the rapper. Yeah. He's always he's talking about eat a booty gang. He's like talking about you should eat the booty, eat the booty, eat the booty. Wrong somebody, I can't do that. Crazy. How you eat the booty? I know shit come out the booty. Not gonna happen. I can't do it, bro. What do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for a guy who loved everybody. And I guess being with Ali, he was always playful. He just loved everybody. He wanted everybody to be treated like they should be treated. And I guess the only difference between his career and my career is that he was born in an era where they had a lot of controversy about civil rights. Civil rights, you know, black people. I don't have that here. So. But what a lot of people don't know is that you took trips to Somalia. Yeah. You dropped off 
food, $1.8 million worth of medical supplies, um, food for these people, clothing. Uh, you people, brought. People forget about that. Yeah, people don't know all the goodwill that you did. You did a lot of good stuff, and uh, you should be proud of that. I love people. Well, to me, man, no matter what people think, the money that we have here, you can't take that to heaven. So it's best that we spend it here and show God that we've got to be decent people. That's all I'm, I'm trying to do, you know. You bought up a whole block of houses in Maryland for your family. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Right? Yes, sir. Those houses still there? The houses You own there, any of them? But I don't own houses no more. No? Until, well, unfortunately, it's... I guess if you're not formed a certain way, you don't know what to do with certain things. Mm -hmm. so, you know, you fall to the if there's a movie about Riddick Bowe, who plays Riddick Bowe? My son Julius. I think he plays me. He looks just he's he looks my like twin. you. He's about he's, your your size. Man, the same size and everything. And his mentality when he speaks. I was listening to a tape the other day, and I didn't realize it was my voice. But I said. Listen to Julius. He sounds just like How old me. is he? Julius, I, think, I guess he's 20, 23. What's your death row meal? If you're on death row, you get one meal. What are you eating? Hold on. I'm going to have me some lobster, some shrimp, and a nice steak. Love it. Surf and turf. And you know, and some Hennessy. A little Hennessy? Hennessy. A little Hennessy. I like some Henny, too. Henny on the rocks or Henny uh, neat? No, I need the neat, baby. All right. Ice takes takes the flavor away. You have any regrets? Yes, getting married the first time. Yeah. My only regret is marrying my first wife. I really didn't know much about marriage. All the games people play, because <clears throat> as you well know, she came to me pregnant. I married. I thought I was marrying a virgin. And so, and then. Think about the relationship she messed up that I had with Barbara. That, that's my first love. That's the woman I should have married. Yeah, the one that got away. The one that got away. No, she didn't get away. Judy came into the picture with that bullshit. She just, she kept it moving. I have a friend who married a girl, and when he married her, he took in the girl's little sister. Uh -huh. So, like, they, they became... Basically like a family. Right. He found out three years into the marriage that the little sister was her daughter. And she had had her at, at a really young age and didn't want to tell him. That's crazy. Yeah. And, of course, they got divorced, you know? Mm -hmm. How are you going to trust somebody after something like that? Well, Riddick Bowl Jr. is not, not my biological kid. So, I mean, I did that happen. What you going to do? People are not honest as you thought they were. So do you feel like you were cursed because you had a dream, you had one dream, and that dream was to be the heavyweight champ of the world. And you conquered that at such a young age. How, how can I be cursed if I conquered it? No, I never thought I was cursed. But then once, once you conquered that dream at such a young age, what do you do the rest of your life? Keep working with the punches, How can baby. you be happy? You can be happy. You got to keep living. You can't stop because you're not champion again. Think about it. I wasn't champion for how long in my life, and I, uh, I look at it like this: that was a part of my life. 
I had fun. I'm gonna tell you about some of the things. But I had fun, man. I had a ball. I probably did something that I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to do or that I shouldn't have done. But I, I, had, I had a ball, man. I just think it, it, it's gotta be tough to, to reach that height, to reach that level in life, and then uh, try to try to match that with anything. Like nothing compares to that, you know, being the, the champ of the world. Nothing. Nothing compares to it, but I mean, I guess, you know, you go through stages and of course you have certain experiences when you look at it. I mean, it was a blessing, but I'm still human, so you know, I gotta make it do what it do, you know? Well, I can honestly say I like you and I respect you and I appreciate you sitting down with me today. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're, you're a good person. Well, thanks a lot. And guess what? Between me and you, the feeling is mutual. I appreciate that. My man, my man, my man, my man, my man. So you ain't tell me what was that all about? These are my grandparents. Okay. That's uh, Pasquale and Teresa. Really, Pasquale. Yeah. My mother used to call my nephew Pasquale. What's his name, Pat? His name is Joey. Well, his real, real name is Horace. We call him Joy for short, sure. then she's going to Pasquale. Why is that? You know? Pasquale, come in. He become and that was his nickname, Pasquale. Yeah, that was, he was my favorite, man. You know what he said? Uh, he said he'd only been full, like eating. He loved to eat. He'd only been full once in his life. Really? And my grandmother said, no, nah, no, nah, I remember one other time. <laughs> You've been full twice. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Twice. Have I ever been full? Absolutely. I'm, I'm from the I'm from the ghetto. I mean, if you name it, Russia, Poland, Korea, I've been the country that I never thought I would go to. Well, what was your favorite place to visit? Probably Italy. Well, let me. Tell Italy's you. my favorite. See, my favorite. When's your birthday, man? January eighth. Oh, I'm always ten. In the long run, we wouldn't get along. We get in trouble. No, no, we wouldn't get along because my first wife. Her birthday's in January. Why you gotta put me with her? I ain't no, no Judy. I ain't no, no Judy. Tell me because I'm thinking. See, she always thought she was so smart. And she wanted to always nominate. Try to manipulate you. And right, so. And, she, and I guess she did because I married her because I thought she was a virgin. She was pregnant by somebody else. Here we are 30 years later, I'm still talking about her. You know what I mean? But she did me a favor, cause my wife now, she's a, she, she, she's God's sin, you know what I mean? Tell me about your wife now. Uh, we've, been, we've been married 20 years. Where'd you meet her? I was at a restaurant one day, and either she was coming in or I was going out. I'm really, I'm really not sure, but I remember. Where, where was it? In, in, in my, Washington, D.C. I, you know, I, I lived, I lived in the yeah. So I'm holding the door for, and I said, um, "Hey, how you doing? What's your name?" She said, "My name is so and so," and she wouldn't give me a number. She wouldn't talk to me and whatnot. I was a little bewildered because anybody I try to holler at, normally I'm, I couldn't really give me a number. So that was different. And then she was, she was a Christian. She was going to church, but she wouldn't give me a number. I know another girl who knew her, and I guess the girl figured where she 
gave her my number and she called me when we, when we started talking. It took me three months to get it. So I guess, you know, I really liked that and whatnot. She your age? Yeah. But she's the older man. She's older than you? Yeah. She got, she got, uh, you got oh, kids with her? By one more. We got a daughter. Oh, okay. Together. You got a daughter together. And, um, she was, she was, a, she was such a pretty little thing, man. She made my day. But life, life is, it is what it is. You got you know, credit card that you, you got. You want to grab something to eat over at the High Rock today? Yeah, we go over there. Let me see what time is it? What time it's almost 12.30. I'm running late. Grab some lunch? I See, that goes to show how much I enjoy talking to you. I, I know I'm not. You know me, 12 o'clock, I'm out. Man, I could do this. I could do this for hours. There's so many things. I, I probably miss so much stuff, but, yeah. you know. So what else you want to? Yeah. We're I, probably good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're good. I mean, I mean, this don't have to be the last time we speak. And oh, we can absolutely. we can speak off mic, too. We, you know, we, you, you're friends with X. You're friends with me. Um, you know? Yeah, it's your boy. And this turned out to be much better than I anticipated, man. Yeah, what do you think and I was going to be doing? I'm not sure. See, I guess I thought you would have a suit on, but you relaxed like I am, so you all right. I'm a dude. I'm a regular dude, you know? Right. Hey, Jesse. I'm about to go to lunch, Jesse. Now, guests of the Keeping It A Hundo podcast do not receive payment upon appearance. However, I do provide lunch or dinner or whatever need be. So uh, we headed across the street to the Seminole Hard Rock Casino and we grabbed a two-pound Cantonese lobster and some fried rice and we talked a little bit more. And the champ wanted to send a message to the ladies out there. So over the years, you broke a lot of hearts. I've heard the stories and uh, you left a trail of tears across the, across the world, different countries, different cities. What would you like to say to all the ladies out there that you broke their hearts? Well, I would just truly like to say, and this is coming from the heart, that I'm sorry, I didn't mean no harm, and I'm, I'm, I'm just really sorry for breaking their hearts. Hope they forgive me for that. Spoken like a true gentleman. He also wanted to take the time to address his children, which he's estranged from, or most of them he's estranged from at the moment and also take the time to discuss his kidnapping conviction or interstate domestic violence conviction back in 2000. You have uh, five kids? I have five biological kids. Yep. One that's not mine. Yep. His name is Riddick Bo Jr. Yep. And um, you talked to me off, off mic about some of the relationships have been strained over the years, but how much love you still have for them. I love all my kids without question. You know, the thing was, you know, I would get up and take them to school every morning. And we stop at the store and they got whatever they want and then I would take them to school and we'd do the same thing coming home. Um, I used to sit and talk with them and I just love my kids and I don't want nobody to think that I was gonna hurt them or do anything like that. I don't want people to think that about me because I love my kids. If I didn't love them, I wouldn't have had them. And you ended up doing 18 months for them. Right. Um, I didn't, um, they wanted my kids to testify and stuff like that. So I didn't want that. So I went, I went on and took a plea yeah. and things of that nature. I didn't want to put my kids through that. 
What was the uh, charge that you were facing? Interstate domestic violence. But I never hurt my kids or anything, so why did I get that particular charge? I don't know, but I guess it is what it's been 20 years ago. I guess. Um, and you haven't been in trouble since? Before notion. So, you did uh, 18 months in uh, correctional, uh, a federal correctional facility. Cumberland, right, Cumberland, Maryland. Yes, sir. Cumberland is uh, a facility for. For men who've done bad things, but I ain't just, well, I'm gonna say I didn't do nothing bad. I don't believe I did nothing bad, but I did 18 months. You meet anybody good in there? Anybody good? You make any Listen, friends? Absolutely not. Listen, now them guys that was in there, they went there for, you know, for, for a range of different things. I probably had the, the least charge. Listen, let me show you something. When I went in there, I seen faces. When I came out, it was the same face that was still in there. Of course. I know how much, no, I don't think you understand. Nobody that I knew when I went in there. Got out. Got out. Yeah. So when I left, they were still in there. Well, most most people who get sent to prison do three years or more. Because you go to county if you're doing less than three years. So why did I do? Strange. 18. Yeah. I don't know. My first charge. Federal prison is different, though, I my guess. My first yeah. charge, my only charge. Yeah, I can't deny that. Yeah, I was the one that went and, went and, went and got him because I loved him. I wasn't going to hurt nobody, but 18 months, man, please. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to keep it real with you. There are a lot of people who are bitter because you treat them like the animals or dogs would have you. But I still love everybody. I'm not bitter. And my ex-wife, God bless her. I hope everything's okay for her and the kids. I mean, I'm not bitter, but I just know that at that time, I was treated wrong. I shouldn't have been 18 months. My first time, and there are guys who done a whole lot of horrible things way before I did anything, you know what I mean? And again, the other thing is, listen, before that incident took place, I never done anything. Since that incident, I haven't done anything. So what does that tell you? You got a big heart, man. Get a big heart. And I still love everybody. I'm not mad. Well, I'm not going to let the system or people change my view on the world. I love everybody and everything, if the truth be told. Wow, what a life Riddick Bowe has lived. A lot of ups and downs, but he remains positive. I really hope he can resolve some of the issues he has with his family. They're very important to him, and he made that clear throughout the day. I've met a lot of interesting people in my life, but this one's definitely up there. At one point, he was the toughest man in the world. He's the heavyweight champ. He's like 6'5", 300 pounds now. You should see the size of his hands. Just a physically imposing human being. By the time you hear this, uh, episodes of Keeping It a Hundo should be available on YouTube. I'm going to record some of them. Um, I mean, video, record some of them. I'll probably just post the audio on YouTube at this point. So look for those. And my next guest will be Jimmy Banos Jr., the executive chef and owner of The Purple Pig, a great restaurant in Chicago. I'd like to thank everybody who's been sharing the podcast and supporting the podcast. Big shout out to my boy Porno Pete, a.k.a. The Pornographer. And lastly, couldn't have made this podcast happen without my boy X, 
Xavier Powell. He's the one that made this thing happen. And you're going to hear him on one of the podcasts one of these days. Funny dude, entertaining dude with lots of stories. Now let's talk some Celtics. They took down the Bucks. Everybody said they couldn't do it. They were shorthanded. If you heard on episode 11, I made a bet with my guest, Raja Bell. We bet that uh, if the Celtics make it out of the first round, I will be appearing on Off the Bench with Canal and Bell, Raja's podcast with Danny Canal. So I'll be a guest on today's episode. Uh, it's released on Friday, and it's Off the Bench with Canal and Bell on CBS Sports. Look for me on that. And look for the Celtics to keep to keep putting it to these teams that underestimate them. They play with heart. You got Terry Rogier throwing up gang signs. You got Marcus Smart, the guy couldn't throw the ball in the Mystic River from the Zaken Bridge. But he makes winning plays. Great to see the Celts get up early in this series and uh, see if they can hold on and pull it out and get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Thanks for listening. Please rate the podcast if you haven't on Apple Podcasts, keeping it a hundo. See you next week.